Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Welcome to the Sports Angle with your host, Rocco Kelly. Brought to you every day by Amp.TV. And thanks for listening on KIOF 97.9 Las Vegas Public Radio.org and WIRB Talk 1490. Here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Rocco Kelly here, host of The Sports Angle. MLB and the union have been discussing a possible solution to baseball being played again. In Arizona, there are spring training ballparks. Mesa, Surprise, there are plenty. Goodyear, there are about a half a dozen ballparks that are meant for just spring training. Nearly half of MLB teams go to Arizona and they perform at spring training. You also have Chase Field, which is the official stadium of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The proposed arrangement would be that MLB came back. That if it ever decided to have Major League Baseball come back and be running again, that they would take those said ballparks and they would be played with all these teams. Now, the scheduling would be very complicated to do. You got to remember that the spring training is split. You have the Arizona teams and you have the Florida teams. Well, the idea would be to take the teams that are still in, in Arizona now that have been stuck in Arizona since the quarantine pandemic has gone down, that would take also the spring teams from Florida, transfer them over to Arizona, and have all 30 MLB teams play in Arizona. Now, your host, Rocco Kelly, actually likes this idea. In his opinion, he believes that baseball coming back would be great for sports fans from the odds perspective, from the odds makers, people who love to gamble, getting something new and fresh would be great for them. For baseball fans, yes, watching replays of games from the, from 2002 is great and all, but watching live action is what baseball fans and what sports fans need. Why Arizona, however? 
there have been plenty of people who have been asking this question. Instead of going to Florida, how? why are they going to Arizona instead? Well, it's logistics. All of the spring training ballparks in Arizona are less than six miles away from each other. They are in very close proximity. For a point of reference, all of these spring training ballparks in Florida are 210 miles apart. That, from a logistics standpoint, is a huge difference. 60 miles as opposed to 210. More importantly, understand that the other idea of taking the MLB teams and playing in their current stadiums would not work. Here's why. Baseball ballparks are currently being used as homeless shelters or being used as care centers during this pandemic. Dodger Stadium has been a prime example of being used for those specific reasons. Now, understand that going to Arizona and getting scheduling, the development, and the doubleheader, even triple headers would take a lot of work. And more importantly, it would take the continuous effort of MLB, the union, and all the players and staff to get it to work. Because you would have to swap out two teams at a time. So you would have two teams who would play game one, perfect, all right, make game B happen. All right, those two teams would play, great. All right, now you have game C happen. It's kind of similar to, if anybody understands this, it's like playing in the college in the college World Series. A lot of the time, they will swap out the certain said teams when it comes to the qualifiers. When it is not the final teams that are, I'm talking about the qualifying semifinals when everything's being played and there's multiple teams that are in that same stadium. It'd be similar to that situation where you would have, let's be generous and say they only use the six spring training ballparks. You're going to have six teams being at one stadium at a time. 6, 12, 18, 24, 30. Okay? So, or you could have five teams. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Depends on what MLB wants to do. Now, if they use Chase Field as well, it would make the ballpark seven, and that would give them even more leeway. It would make them have around four teams per stadium. One of Two of them would have to have five, but they would have four for each. Now, understand that having all of these games being played back-to-back would be a scheduling conflict. Now, for anybody who has ever gone to spring training in Arizona, your host Rocco Kelly has gone twice. You would understand that it is very busy and it's very jam-packed. And more importantly, they play games every day or every two days in spring training. Okay? There will be times where a team will be playing at home for two, three days straight and then they'll maybe have a day off, and then they'll go back and play on the road at one of the opposing Arizona ballparks. Focusing on the logistics side of it is what matters right now. Because your host agrees with this. I do. I agree that if baseball comes back, have all 
30 MLB teams be in the seven stadiums in Arizona, the six spring training ballparks and then Chase Field, which is in uh, downtown Phoenix. I agree. However, you got to make the scheduling make sense. You have to have the logistics add up. And how about the TV rights? Now, if they do start playing baseball again, you will know that they will play on TV. It could be free TV. It could be on pay-per-view. Whatever MLB decides to do, they're going to have to have it televised, broadcasted. Because fans of sports, not just baseball fans, but sports fans in general have been wanting live sports for a long time. It doesn't feel like it's only been a month. It feels like it's been almost a year at this point that we haven't had sports. Okay? For the people who love to gamble, their addiction and everything that goes on with it, not, not throwing hate and just saying facts. For the people who do like to gamble, they're missing out on a lot of events. They're going, man, I need to bet on something. You know, I'm missing all of this. Well, when baseball resumes, they'll be able to get back and do all that again. Esports, just to segue real quick, esports is a good alternative, and MLB The Show has been a good alternative to no baseball, but live baseball is better than anything else. You have to have live baseball. Now, in the next segment, we're going to go over when baseball should come back, and more importantly, what time period that baseball could resume. But right now, we're focusing on the scheduling on where they should be. And I truly believe, in my opinion, that Arizona makes a lot of sense. There are some players who are still stuck in Arizona as we speak. Because the pandemic started while they were in spring training, there are certain players out there. If I remember, there's about 14 that are still left. That are in Arizona. They have not left spring training. They're still there. So with those players being stuck there. They would not have to move anywhere. They would have to stay put. While everybody else rejoins spring training. For the teams and their facilities. They're already made there. A lot of those spring training ballparks. Are shared among teams. Okay, You have Goodyear. Which is Cleveland and Cincinnati. You have these ballparks and these facilities and these weight rooms and these exercises and these batting cages, they have all been set up already with spring training. So you wouldn't have to add more. You would just have to swap out the locker rooms, which I believe would not be the worst problem for MLB at the moment. Okay. It would be a little disturbance, but in the grand scheme of things, just swapping out the lockers in spring training or using somebody else's locker with their name above it, that would be a minor convenience in terms of everything in the grand scheme of things that baseball is going to have to deal with. You let me know, however. For anyone who is listening right now, you let me know. Should MLB use the spring training ballparks when they come back? Should it be Arizona exclusive? You let me know on amp.tv, double A-M-P dot TV, Magic 97.9 FM in Las Vegas, and WIRB 1490 Talk.
Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, at the Sports Angle, hashtag the Sports Angle, and the SportsAngle.com. That's it, the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly, and we'll be back after this. Listening to the Sports Angle with your host Rocco Kelly on Twitter at the Sports Angle and the Sports Angle Radio.com. And now here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Rocco Kelly here, host of The Sports Angle. Baseball potentially coming back. In the first segment, we went over the logistics and the traveling side of it and how your host Rocco Kelly believes that having all of the teams play in Arizona, you use the six spring training ballparks and then you use the MLB stadium in downtown Phoenix Field, having six Seven ballparks with four teams in each would be great. However, in the comments on amp.tv, if if there are high school baseball stadiums, if Arizona and Arizona State University, if their baseball fields are up to code and everything is uh, up to a regulation, use them as well. That could be, at most, maybe 10 stadiums that could be used during this pandemic. So just keep that in mind is that the idea and the angle that I'm telling you, your host Rocco Kelly is that MLB needs to stay in one area for now until everything goes back to normal until this pandemic slows down and flattens with the curve. You need to play it safe. So keeping all 30 teams, keeping the players, the staff members, Everyone in the same area that's safe and secure, that would be the best case scenario for MLB. In the first segment, I told you that I would go over in the next segment that MLB, when they should come back, or when is the time placement that baseball could return. Now, late May, early June has been the conversation that MLB Commissioner Rob Manford has been telling everybody that late May, early June is their expectation. However, most analysts and most people who are in the baseball industry have come out and said that most likely if they play in empty arenas, play in an empty ballpark with nobody in stands, it would be June at best. Okay, I'm not calling the MLB commissioner a liar here. Just want to get that straight. What I'm saying is that late May could be a little bit of a head start, you know, jumping, jumping the barrel kind of thing. However, June does seem like a fair assessment. Okay, it's going to get hotter. The weather is going to warmer. 
And more importantly, if you use my idea that I did in the first segment, you're in Arizona. You're in one of the hottest places in the United States. Chase Field has a, has a dome around it. You could play at night in 95% of these spring training ballparks because they have lights set up. Now, the weather would be a little bit of a problem in Arizona, and I understand that's the only rebuttal to that whole arrangement in Arizona. But you play it at night, you play it in an air-conditioned ballpark like Chase Field, which they do in the summer, by the way. They play in Arizona during the summer. Use it like this. You go back in June with an empty arena. I want you to think about this. You go back, you start playing again. And for two months, June and July, you're going to play in an empty ballpark, an empty stadium, but you're going to have it on TV. Okay, the TV rights are very important to MLB. They are not going to let that go. Okay, so you're going to play on TV. You could play on free cable or on pay-per-view, whatever you want to do. And for about two months, you are going to have baseball again. It's going to be completely different. It's going to be really odd and really awkward to watch because there's going to be no applause. There's going to be nobody getting hit in the stands because they're not paying attention There's going to be none of that. It's going to be really awkward. However, baseball will be back. Starting around August, by most analysts and most people who are experts in this conversation, they have been saying to everyone that August is when the whole social distancing could end and we could return to some form of normalcy. Now, there are obviously certain experts who say that it could be longer than that, But majority of the experts in sports and medicine and those type of fields have been stating that in August, that's when it could come back. And if that is the case, having two months of an empty arena, an empty park, it would be good for MLB to have it back. So how about this? The scheduling is a very important conflict, and you have to figure that out. So how about this? You play a triple header every single day, okay? And let me hear the—you're going to hear me out for a second, okay? You are going to have game one at 10 a.m., okay? At 10 a.m., you'll have game one. It'll be against Team A and against Team I, Okay, whichever one you want to pick, name it. Game two will then be Team B and Team F, and that will be at around 2 p.m. Okay, to play it safe, we're going to use an hour gap in between most games. It's a three-hour, sometimes two-and-a-half-hour, sometimes three-and-a-half hours in a baseball game, a normal average game. So you'll have a half-hour to an hour break to get everything Uh, settled, everything, you know, packed to normal. They're going to swap everything out. So from 1 p.m. to around, or sorry, from 2 p.m. to about 5, you're going to have game B, okay? So game number 2 will be from 2 to 5, okay? Some will start going down around there. 
Now, you're going to have, once again, another half hour to an hour break. And then at 7.05, just to play it safe, you're going to have Game C. And that would be with Team C going up against Team R, okay? You'll have a triple header among all six of these spring training ballparks. Remember, with spring training, there is nearly a dozen games that get played every single day during spring training to begin with. And most people don't know this, but most teams have split squads. So teams will actually play multiple times during the week. They will go up and they will have multiple series and multiple games that they'll have back and forth. So it is not theoretically impossible to say that if they come back in June, that you could have three games played in one day, essentially triple headers among all six, seven, eight, nine, or ten ballparks that are being used at that moment. Because with baseball, they need to fill up the schedule. They're going to need to make their schedule pretty filled during those two months to have the TV rights, to have the marketing Everything that goes into the logistics of baseball has to add up. So you let me know on social media at the sports angle on amp.tv. Would that be a great idea? You're not having a team play three games a day. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that with all 30 MLB teams that are going to be in one city, you're going to take seven ballparks the seven ballparks I stated in the first segment, and you are going to have triple headers in every single ballpark. 10, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 7 p.m., and they're going to have random team against a random team. Team Z versus Team Y, okay? You're essentially going to fill the schedule very slowly, okay? You're going to have about six or seven games that are being played at a certain time period. Okay, it's going to let baseball at least recover some part of their schedule. All right, let it go back to some form of normalcy. And that would be great for baseball. Okay, baseball fans would love to go watch baseball again. If it's in the morning, if you're a night person, you're not going to be able to watch morning. That's okay. If you are somebody who works during the day, if you're one of those people who's part of an essential business, you might not be able to watch the 10 a.m., all right? The 2 p.m., you might not be able to see it. But when you get home, you can watch a 7 p.m. game on your couch with your kids and your wife, okay? You can sit down with a bucket of popcorn, and you can watch baseball again. Let's say you are a morning person, okay, and you love 10 a.m. games, okay? You have a night job. Well, you'd be able to watch a 10 a.m. game Go to your job, do what you have to do, but at least you got to watch baseball. And for the people who have that pass on DirecTV that allows you to watch every single game on one screen, well, what do you know? You're going to have six games being played at the same time. You're going to get the most bang for your buck. This is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. You let me know on Twitter what you think about this, and we'll be right back after this. Under the ice and snow from 
You're listening to The Sports Angle with your host, Rocco Kelly. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at The Sports Angle. And of course, follow the host, Rocco Kelly, at Rocco Kelly Radio. Find us on Reddit, The Sports Angle, and Facebook, The Sports Angle Radio. Brought to you every day by Amp.TV. That's AAMP.TV. Here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Rocco Kelly here. Post Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Of the sports angle. The chat on AMP TV, AAMP.TV. Man, y'all have been electrified today. <laughs> now, Rocco, add Las Vegas and Tucson to the Arizona rotation. I stated this earlier in the show. Go back and listen. I stated that if the Arizona Wildcats and Arizona State Sun Devils, Tempe and Tucson, if their ballparks, if their ballparks are up to regulation, if they are up to code, then add them to my list. Have it be nine ballparks if those two college stadiums are up to code. Okay, if they can perform as a normal spring training ballpark would be. However, a lot of college ballparks are not up to code. They're not a ballpark that most people would be able to play long stretches of time with. Okay? So unless they made it up to code or put it towards regulation and add them, Las Vegas, the problem I have with the Las Vegas ballpark being added to the rotation is that now you're making it two states. Okay, you're not keeping it in just one solid state. You're going to make it branch out to another state. And if you add Las Vegas, then New Mexico is going to butt in and say, hey, but we have this state-of-an-art stadium over here that we use for our AAA team. Why not use us? Or Utah is going to come back and say, well, why don't you use Las Vegas? We have a AAA ballpark just like them. What's up? The problem with stretching out to another state, regardless if it is a state-of-the-art brand-new ballpark, is that if you stretch out to other states, it's going to cause the rest of said states to go, wait a minute, if you're going to use that one, you need to use mine as well. I mean, Sonar, I think that's very understandable. Like, not just the fact that keeping it in one state is very plausible— but if you branch out to other states and the rest of the states that are around it, that are surrounding Arizona, are going to butt in and say, well, we have a AAA stadium too. Why not use us? Well, it depends on your goal. Is your goal to have more games or is your goal to mitigate travel? And if your goal is to mitigate My- travel, then then you should all stay in the same state regardless. Your host, Rocco Kelly's goal is to do both. To have as much games as possible during 
those two months of empty ballparks and to have travel be as mitigated and to have as such limit on travel as possible. So if you keep it in one state and you use, for sake of the argument, nine ballparks, that is three teams for each ballpark, okay? There will be three that will have to use four. But for majority of those ballparks, you're only going to have three MLB teams per each one. And it's going to allow each team to play X amount of games in a quick amount of time without having much delay because of travel and because of the amount of cost that it takes to go on a plane and go somewhere. No, you just take a quick ferry trip all the way down. I stated this earlier in our segment. All of the spring trading ballparks, your host Rocco Kelly has gone to these ballparks to back this up, to verify it. All of six spring training ballparks are within 60 miles of each other, which from a logistics and from a travel standpoint is great for this scenario because you're not going to have to travel that far to get to your next game, okay? It's going to be not easy. I'm not saying traveling is the easiest thing in the world, but when you have that are used to traveling to different states and traveling all the way across the map to go to a game, staying in one state and traveling near 60 miles in radius would be a good solution for that. So I understand the Las Vegas because of their brand new state-of-the-art ballpark, but for travel and for the logistics of it, I want to keep it in Arizona only because it would make perfect sense. And a continuing, Tucson is as far as from Phoenix as is Las Vegas. Yeah, good idea. Use Albuquerque AAA Stadium as well as Las Vegas AAA. But if you use Albuquerque and you use Las Vegas, then what about Salt Lake? Salt Lake would butt in and say, wait a minute, we have a stadium too. Then Colorado Springs, which is also in AAA, they'd butt in and say, wait, what about our stadium? Uh, the Colorado Rockies would then go, well, we have an MLB stadium that is not being used. Why not use us? I'm I'm throwing this in here. Is be I, I, I said the spring training ballparks. I know that Tucson is further than 60 miles away. I stated spring training ballparks. All six are within a 60-mile radius, I would know, because one time we traveled and we visited five of the six spring training ballparks. Okay, I, viv- I vividly remember that. Now, getting back to the conversation at hand, the travel and the amount of games that could be played at one time is what your host Rocco Kelly is trying to do here. Okay, you cut the MLB schedule down to 120 games and you cut minor league baseball down to 80 games. I'll get to you where I'm going in a second. MLB is normally 162 games. AAA is normally 120. A shortened season in the lower classes are around 80 games. Okay, they're around the 60, 70, 80 game mark when you get to class A, when you are in short season, around those time periods. So how about this? How about you take the minor league once it gets back up in August and you have them play a short season? 80 games, 70 if you have to cut more, but for now, 80. So A, double A, play 80 games. 
and MLB using my proposed idea of having split squads and having all these ballparks in close proximity and having the 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 7 p.m. games during the during one game. You know, one day you'll have 10, 2, and 7, and you can have multiple ballparks being used. How about you have 120 games during the baseball season? Because from March to June, that's going to be around 60 games that have been played. Around 50 or 60 games will have been played around that point. You can make up around 50 or 60 games with my proposed idea of having split squads having to go be played at a different stadium, having a day with a full calendar a schedule. So I understand, and for people to this up, listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying Tucson is in that 60-mile radius. What I said is that Mesa, Surprise, the Goodyear, all the spring training ballparks that are in effect are around 60 miles of each other. Now, if you add in downtown Phoenix, obviously that would expand the miles. But for spring training, it's only 60 miles within each other. I am talking about the logistics of travel with this idea. All right. And look, if you have any interesting sports questions you want to ask your host, Rocco Kelly, definitely go ahead. Amp TV, double A-M-P dot TV. You let me know. Because you also understand that in on Amp TV, someone brought up the umpires and the robot umpires. For anyone who knows what the robot umpire idea is, great. If you don't, I'll explain it. Essentially, there's going to be an umpire behind home plate. But in their ear is going to be a earpiece. And then that earpiece is going to be connected to a computer. And that computer is going to tell the umpire if it's a strike or a ball. Okay? So it's not what you're thinking. Okay? So you got to understand that if they do robot umpires, you're still going to have to have a physical human behind home plate. Just to clarify that and make and make that there. Okay? All right, understand all of that. Look, the the tradition at this point has been thrown to the wayside. Look, I love tradition more than anybody else. A lot of people call me a purist in terms of sports. And yes, the Masters, how do you keep that tradition in November? Well, it's going to be a very hard thing to do because with the Masters and with everything that is with the tradition with Augusta and everything, it's going to be a hard challenge to keep everything in order. However, they're going to try the best they can. They're going to try to make the experience. They're going to make the course and everything that goes along with your experience at the Masters, they're going to try to make that as best they can. And that's the way it should be. And I do like that that everything that's going on now is because of this pandemic. I understand that. However, everything will get back to normal eventually. This is it, The Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We'll be back after this.
You're listening to The Sports Angle on KIOF 97.9 Las Vegas Public Radio and WIRB Southern Alabama Talk Radio 1490. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at The Sports Angle. And thanks for watching on AMP.TV. Here's your host, Rocco Kelly. Rocco Kelly here, host of The Sports Angle. Quarterback battles in the NFL. There are multiple teams that without the NFL draft happening and without the picks already being announced, QBs going at it for the number one spot. However, in Chicago, there is a battle that's supposed to be brewing this upcoming summer. And it is a battle that is supposed to go down to the wire and we'll figure out who the quarterback of the Bears are. Yeah. But is it really a battle at this point? Is there really a battle with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles? Can somebody sit down and tell me that there is any chance that Mitchell Trubisky, outside of his overall pick, is going to be Super Bowl champion in Nick Foles? Or the fact that Mitchell Trubisky, who has been an average quarterback at this point, yeah, he went to one Pro Bowl, but that was because they had a great defense. He went along with them. Mitchell Trubisky statistics have been subpar. They have been an average quarterback. He has essentially been the Andy Dalton if he was less of a priority. Okay? Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals fans will understand what I just said. Mitchell Trubisky is Andy Dalton if Andy Dalton was less of a priority to, to, to the Cincinnati Bengals. For years, at least the Bengals cared about him. Like, at least the Bengals, at least they tried to help him. Like, Mitchell Trubisky just looks lost. He looks like a lost puppy in Chicago. So, you go out and you get Nick Foles, who, in your host Rocco Kelly's opinion, is a step up from Mitchell Trubisky, okay? Nick Foles is what a Ryan Tannehill is in Tennessee. He is exactly what plenty of quarterbacks are, okay? A Tyrod Taylor with the Los Angeles Chargers. They are an average quarterback at best, okay? But here's the problem with going after these quarterbacks is that not every quarterback in the NFL is going to be a star. Not every quarterback is going to be a superstar, and not every quarterback is going to be the face of your franchise. It's not possible to have all 32 NFL teams have every single quarterback be the face of their franchise. We went over this on the sports angle a couple of shows ago. I stated that there's about 14 quarterbacks who are either elite stars or superstars. And then there are about six quarterbacks who are faces of the franchise, and they are average at best. That leaves 12 quarterbacks who are average, 
who are essentially the quarterbacks who you bring in, you hand them the keys, and you say, hey, don't scratch up the paint. Just get the job done. Okay? Put it in, put it, take the clutch, put it in the gear, drive the car, avoid all the wrecks, and just stay out of the way. That is what Nick Foles is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I want to state that for the record. There is nothing wrong with having a quarterback who is a game manager, a quarterback who can step in and can get the job done in a limited amount of action. Plenty of quarterbacks throughout the test of time have been those type of QBs. And throughout NFL history, some of the Super Bowl quarterbacks who have won are like a Nick Foles. They are average quarterbacks who when they they step into the right situation, they get the job done. Did you hear what I just said? When they step into the right situation, they get the job done. Hasn't that what Nick Foles has done in Kansas City? Isn't that what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles? I call it the blue-collar quarterback. Kansas City and Philadelphia were the perfect situation for Nick Foles because he fit their system perfectly. The Philadelphia Eagles were moving on from Michael Vick. Nick Foles came in during his second year, set NFL records. He was voted to the Pro Bowl. He was the Pro Bowl MVP. And then the next year under Chip Kelly, a system that did not really work for him necessarily, he struggled a bit. He was still good. His numbers were still pretty decent. But that system, after letting all those players go, was not able to capitalize on that. He goes to the Los Angeles Rams, and they were terrible. I wouldn't wish that 2015 Rams team on any of my worst enemies. Okay, I felt bad for Case Keenum, and I felt bad for Nick Foles. So he goes to Kansas City as a backup Smith. Just going for the history here of Nick Foles. Alex Smith gets a concussion. Nick Foles goes in and goes 3-0. and Okay, he goes undefeated during Alex Smith's absence. And if you want to be honest, if he hadn't have won those three games late in the stretch, Kansas City most likely doesn't make the playoffs. So, in a roundabout way, Nick Foles helped Kansas City get to the playoffs that year. But most people gave Alex Smith the credit and Jamal Charles as well. Philadelphia was this great opportunity for him. Carson Wentz was this great rookie, high expectations, was an MVP candidate. And what does he do? He gets injured. Okay? Nick Foles goes in to a system that he already knows with an offensive coordinator and with the coaching staff that is familiar with him, and he wins them a Super Bowl. I know some people are going to say that the Patriots fluked and the Eagles capitalized on it. No matter how you state it, the Eagles still won a Super Bowl. It's kind of like the Cubs, folks. Some people say the Cleveland Indians choked, but the Cubs still had to find a way to win that World Series. So Foles wins the Super Bowl, and he is announced as the starter of the Eagles for that next season. And, and and as the starter, before he gets replaced by Carson Wentz after he comes back from injury, he does very well. 
Matter of fact, those first couple of weeks, Nick Foles was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. All right? Carson Wentz comes back from being injured, and he does decent. Okay? He, he did very decent. But then he gets injured again. And Nick Foles gets brought in, leads them to a 3-1 and record, and gets them to the playoffs. And, by the way, he's the quarterback who beat the Bears in that 2018 NFC playoff. Just a little bit of irony there. Nick Foles went to Jacksonville, which was a terrible fit for him, just like the Rams. It was a terrible system. The scheme fit did not fit Nick Foles. He went for the money. I get it. But now he is back again. He is in a blue-collar system. He is in a fit that is with Nick Foles. The offensive coordinator was with the Eagles. The quarterback coach was with the Kansas City Chiefs when Nick Foles was there. Understand that his head coach is Matt Nagy, who, by the way, was with the Philadelphia Eagles under Andy Reid when he got drafted in Philadelphia. And when Andy Reid was the head coach of Kansas City and he needed a backup quarterback, they went and got Nick Foles. Oh, and... Who was on that Chiefs coaching staff? Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy chose Nick Foles because of comfortability. Because he knows what Nick Foles is capable of. Understand that with Nick Foles, they picked him for a reason. The Bears trust Nick Foles. And Bears fans, you need to trust Nick Foles. Because he is an average quarterback. Yes, he is. But he's a reliable average quarterback. You know what you're getting from Nick Foles. So putting on my hat here, my future, you know, Notre Dame hat, two things are going to happen. Either one, the Bears are going to have Foles be their starting quarterback from week one, and he will lead the Bears to a successful season. Or option two, they make the unpopular decision and they keep Trubisky as their starting quarterback. He does 10 weeks of the season, and he does average. Okay, He's not bad. He's not good. He's just average. They pull Trubisky after week 10. Nick Foles starts the rest of the season, and he gets the Bears to where they need to be. That's what's going to happen, folks. Moral of the story is that Nick Foles is the right quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And more importantly, with Chicago, having a quarterback like Nick Foles, they have not really had a quarterback like him since Jay Cutler. And yeah, I know people love to make fun of Jay Cutler, but here's the sad reality, Bears fans. He was actually the best quarterback the Bears had had in a long time. And he was above average at best. As a fellow Bears fan, I'm stating this for the record. Nick Foles is going to be good for this team. He is going to take his veteran leadership and he will take the system that he knows thanks to Matt Nagy and the coaching staff that he is familiar with thanks to Philadelphia and Kansas City. And he will be able to help improve the Chicago Bears offense. They have a 1-2 running back scheme with Tyreek and with David Montgomery. 
Allen Robinson is a Pro Bowl wide receiver. He can get things done when you hand him the ball. And I know they got damaged goods at tight end with Jimmy Graham, but Nick Foles needed a tight end, and Trey Burton seems like he's not that guy anymore. But if he has a resurgence, then that would be great. The offensive line is shaky. The Bears are probably going to fix that during the draft. If you know Chicago, that's what they're probably going to do. 2020 is going to shape the Bears for the next four years. It's going to explain to Bears fans where this team is going in the direction that it needs to be starting now. It's similar to 2016. The 2016 draft class for the Chicago Bears and the free agency moves that they made was the main catalyst for where they are now. So take 2020, and that'll be your main focal for 2024. Go to our social media, the Sports Angle, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, hashtag Sports Angle, amp.tv, and sportsangle.com. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Thanks to Sonar for helping me out. So long. See you next time. Thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price.